The six-time world champion, New England Patriots. Edelman's going to throw. The quarterbacks are intercepted. All right, and we are back with episode two of the Pats Pack Podcast. I am here, Mr. J. Fent, with Mr. JV. J- Mr. JV, how are we doing today? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm hanging in there. I'm keeping on, keeping on. It's a great day to be great, as always. Here, we are going to be recapping the Pats and the Bills game. We're a little bit late on this one due to some technical difficulties. But hey, like I just said, it's a great day to be great. Anyway, starting off here, final score. Pats 14, Bills 10. Pats getting the big Monday night win. The Pats did cover Huge. the spread. Was minus three in favor of Buffalo. Over-under was 40, so the under cashed. What do you have to contribute right off the jump here? You were wrong, and I was right. <laughs> I mean, technically, I technically. was I was right in the sense I said it was going to come down to the Pats red zone defense versus the Bills red zone offense. But you did say they'd lose. I did say they'd lose, <laughs> but you know, you can't always be right here. I'm Not much to brag about. this down a little bit here. Looks like we're actually jamming. We're ready to go. All right. Starting off with some team stats here. Time of possession, Pats 32-01, Bills 27-59. Offensive plays, Pats ran 49 plays, Bills clocked in at 57. Pats put up 241 yards on the day or the night, however you want to look at it. Bills, 230 yards. Penalties, Pats had six for 47 yards. 15 of those was a really BS personal foul on that Miles Bryant <laughs> oh when Josh Allen's like 18 feet inbounds. Bills had three penalties of 20 yards. Turnovers, Nikhil Harry had a fumble, if that's what you want to call it. Matt Breida had a fumble. That was actually that was actually credited to Josh Allen. Isn't that really? Weird? Yeah. I looked at the box score as I was setting up the uh, the what, the spreadsheet for this, and they credited that to Josh Allen. Did they, they always do that on handoffs? I don't. I didn't know that because um, they were talking about it on TV, but I think it's because uh, this is what makes sense in my head. Matt Breida never actually had possession of it, and Josh True. Allen did at one point. So mm-hmm. therefore, you can't credit the guy who didn't have possession of the ball with a fumble. Wow, all I, right, that's the way yeah. I look at it. Anyway, Pats with eleven first downs. Imagine winning a game with eleven first downs. Bills had sixteen first downs. Efficiency wise, Pats were two of twelve on third down for seventeen percent. Bills a little bit better, four of thirteen on third down for thirty-one percent. Some things we're going to start off with here. Miles Bryant, that personal foul I just mentioned, flag or naw? No flag. Let Dude, him play, man. I don't understand like why that was a flag. So Josh Allen's like inbounds. He's mm-hmm. reason he's reaching for the sticks. And obviously, why would you not check him out of bounds and you throw the flag? That mm-hmm. was one of the worst flags I've seen in a while, I feel like. I think that's one of them like them cases where they kind of protect you. Like NFL superstar kind of thing. I guess that makes yeah. a little bit of sense. Maybe. That, that's a really the only reason I can kind of think of. That's probably one where I bet Bill would like to have thrown the flag there, if that was possible. But even the announcers were saying, they were like, I don't understand how that could possibly be a flag. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. All right. I don't even know. Punting this one was also a little bit ugly. Jake Bigley, he struggled in this one, to say the least. First punt, he had a really bad snap, so we'll give him a little bit of a break there because it hit him in the foot, basically, from the snap. Second punt, Good snap, but it only went 15 yards. Second mm-hmm. shortest punt in Patriots history, I believe. If I'm remembering that correctly. What do you think it's like kicking the football in that weather? Dude, that's got to, like, first of all, it's already cold. So the conditions already, like, 
I don't know, just kicking a ball, I imagine, is kind of, like, somewhat painful. But then they had, like, what, 50-mile-hour gusts? So that's got to be, like, I mean, obviously difficult. I just can't even imagine doing anything in the cold. Everything's 10 times harder in the cold. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. Even when you stand outside your own house. <laughs> even standing, even the standing in the cold is hard enough. Doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. run. Doesn't matter if you're boxing. Doesn't matter if you're punting a football. Doesn't matter if you're catching yeah, a football. Sucks, Everything is just harder. But he really struggled in this one. Luckily, they didn't really need him too much. But yeah, it come was, it. yeah, it was definitely not the prettiest thing in the world. The crazy thing is both those punts, the Bills didn't do they did anything with. with. Well, <laughs> they had really good field position, and they had the win in that first quarter, and absolutely nothing happened, mm-hmm. which was kind of surprising. Yeah, it's, it's kind of surprising how many opportunities they had. I mean, we've all seen the post game with Sean McDermott or whatever saying, you know, oh, don't give Bill all the credit. We missed our opportunities. But they did miss some. You know, some major opportunities to score. I was a little bit surprised that they weren't more aggressive when they had the wind. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in the third quarter. The Patriots? Or the Bills? Well, well both. Definitely the both, pass. Yeah. But I was thinking the Bills, because at least the paths were ahead, and they had the mm-hmm. win last. So yeah. they had the option to be aggressive if they wanted to. But the Bills mm-hmm. in the third quarter, it's like, okay, we're down, and we're going to be facing a 25-mile-an-hour win in our face. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think the third quarter is the time to score before you have to face Anytime. that uphill battle? <laughs> yeah. So I don't really understand why they weren't a little bit more aggressive and kind of rolled the dice a little bit more, and they just mm-hmm. waited till the end. But, hey, you know what? There's probably a reason I am talking to you and I am not on that sideline. So who knows? Moving on to the passing game here, Mac Jones. Big time stat here. Two of three for 19 yards. Did complete 66% of his passes, in case you're wondering, and you couldn't do that math on your own. 6.3 yards per attempt, 84% quarterback rating. I think he was the third best graded quarterback this week. Stop talking. We're going to come back to him in a minute. We're going to read off of Josh Allen first. Josh Allen, 15 of 30. Actually, I was pretty impressed with Josh Allen here because that was not an easy task that he had, especially in that fourth quarter. 145 yards and a touchdown. 50% of his pass completed. 4.8 4.8 yards per attempt and a quarterback rating of 75. So, starting off with Josh Allen here, like I said, I feel like he showed some guts and he really did give the Bills a chance there because basically it just came down to we're screwed. We, mm-hmm. We've got nothing going for us here. It's now or never. We just got to try to make something happen. Yeah, he looked pretty primed and ready for that position. Like they were talking about in pregame warm ups, he was like choosing his spots or, you know, uh, saying like what areas in the field he felt comfortable throwing in. What did he throw the ball like 30 times? He looked confident throwing the ball with zip. Yeah, he said he preferred to throw it towards the left side. What was that like? I believe. Yeah, where they were throwing in the first quarter, right? Yeah, it had something. Well, they had the wind in the first quarter. Yeah. I'm talking about more. I think when he had the wind, he felt pretty comfortable regardless. Mm -hmm. He just had to kind of almost sidearm it a little bit more so that way he could get that accuracy. Yeah. Instead of making more of, I guess... A cone shape. He made. He tried to make more of a U shape so he could kind of get that. I more guess accuracy. accuracy. Yeah, a little bit more control and like cut through the wind a little bit. But yeah, he really did take him down the field and he gave him two chances to score, which I can't believe they stopped him both times. Mm-hmm. Like it came down to a point where all right, they're gonna score. And I was thinking, this is Max' chance. This is the chance he's gonna have to win them a game. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to win them a game. Pretty wild to think about. Yeah, like, absolutely insane. The I just can't get over this. Not once, but to get the ball, like, I thought, okay, you take him down the field, and you're going into the wind, 
that's tough enough. You think, all right, now we got to score. The game's over. You mm-hmm. don't get it. You get a second chance to go down the field and also going into the win and have a chance to go ahead. That completely blows my mind. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of drop passes on Dude, the real side. That's another, well, obviously, but... That's another thing, so... Like, I, I couldn't believe everything it. Everything is harder in the cold. Yes. Everything, like we were just talking about. Like, imagine mm. getting hit in the hands. Like, I probably... My hands would just, like, shatter. Mm-hmm. Like, if I tried to catch one of those balls from Josh Allen in the cold. Like, absolutely shatter. A few weeks ago, Dawson Knox broke his hand. I wonder if that was, like, a huge factor in that as well. Um, I can't say it helped. But like you said, I don't think it was. I don't know. I there were also great plays it. by like Adrian Phillips coming in and breaking up the ball. Yeah, we're gonna get to that in a little bit. But so, these two teams play again in a couple weeks. What are you taking away from this one if you're the Bills here? Oh, there's no way this game is going the same way it did, and just I don't think that obviously like the Patriots are gonna run as much as they did this game because win is not gonna be. As big of a factor. Or will it? Uh, imagine if it's the same exact thing in a couple <laughs> oh weeks. God. They've got 30 mile an hour wins again. That'd be absolutely insane. Anyway, so moving on to Mac Jones' side of things, is there really anything that you really want to take away here? Like he threw the ball three times. You can count them. One, two, three. He has a really great handling off form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, if you're Mac here getting back to back bye weeks, what do you really make of this? Like, what do you make of this whole thing? The game plan, everything. Because like, I don't think there's a single person on the point besides maybe Bill Belichick that could say they saw this coming. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess it gives a little bit of confidence to especially a rookie quarterback going into Buffalo and, you know, getting the win. But at the same time, it's like, I'm sure in the back of his mind, he's kind of like, I wish I contributed a little more, but he seems to be happy to just follow the game plan and win the game. Part of me is kind of thinking, I wonder if Bill did that on purpose because A, obviously the wind, mm-hmm. but B, it's okay, rookie quarterback, this is his first, like we were talking about last week, his first true hostile environment, mm-hmm. like it's going to be loud, it's going to be cold, so maybe he just used this as an excuse to lean on the running game, and that's kind of what mm-hmm. I thought was going to happen, obviously I didn't think this was going to happen. I didn't I think, think a lot of us. I didn't think we'd happen. be sitting here talking about Mac Jones two for three for 19 yards, but it is what it is at the end of the day. So what, what do you think this means for the Pats in a couple of weeks when they play each other? Because the Pats can really use their entire playbook in the passing game because mm-hmm. they didn't pass the ball. Uh, I don't know exactly what it means or it entails. I mean, it's more than likely they're obviously not going to, you know, use the same game plan in Gillette. Right. But it does... I'm looking forward to seeing Mac throw the ball more than three times. I'm looking forward sure. to see what both these teams come out with in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Because on both sides, the game plans are going to be very different. I don't know yeah. how much... Obviously, the win played a huge factor. I'm not sure if that was... They were planning for that beforehand. I'm sure they mm-hmm. were. But at the same time, it's going to look a lot different because, like you said, Max going to throw the ball. Obviously, Josh Allen probably can use his legs a little bit more. He's not going to mm-hmm. have to worry about taking those hard hits in the yeah. cold. His receivers are going to be able to catch the ball. It's just I feel like it's going to be a very different game all mm-hmm. around. I feel like it's going to be a similar style of game in the mm-hmm. aspect. I think the Pats might lean on the run a little bit here. But 
Definitely so too. Right. But I also feel like at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot more passing work involved, Mm -hmm. I guess you would say. I agree. Moving on to the rushing side of things, we'll start off with the Bills. Josh Allen had six carries for 39 yards and that fumble that was really Matt Burita's fault. Zach Moss, eight carries for 21 yards. Devin Singletary led the way in carries for 10 for 36 yards. And Matt Burita led the way with one carry for three yards who actually had the fumble but did not get credit for it. Ground game, basically irrelevant here. Do you make that out to be because of the weather or do you just think it's because this Bills backfield is just simply a mess? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, when you have Josh Allen, who in pregame warmups was confident and all that, I, I think their game plan was to throw that many times. But Devin Singletary has never been, you know, an elite NFL back. Zach Moss has always been kind of like a north-south, you know, truck stick kind of type runner. And then you add Breida as more kind of like a home run type of player. This Bills backfield just kind confuses of confuses like me in yeah. general because, all right, you draft Devin Singletary, you draft Zach Moss, and then you sign Matt Breida. It's like, why don't you have a bell cat here? Does Sean McDermott just like having that three-headed monster? I think so. That's it. Why? Why do you think that? Why do you think he likes to have three guys run? Why can't he just give Devin Singletary the work? Or why would you even waste, a, in that case, if you can't give him the work, why would you go ahead and waste a draft pick on Zach Moss? I, um... To waste the draft pick on Moss, I think just that was more of like a complimentary type of like draft pick, I guess you could say. Yeah. Singletary's not, uh, you know, a cowbell running back. Hmm. And uh, to have someone like Matt Breida in free agency, I would have went and got someone like that. What's Matt Breida's contract look like? What did they sign him for? It's got to be quite short. We'll get young Jamie on the, the mic. Can you look that up, please? Veteran minimum deal, $1.055 million, Base salary of 990000 So he's basically getting paid nothing. So you really can't mm-hmm. go wrong if that's your backup running back, even yeah. though he's beat up. I mean, he is actually he's only 26 years old, so he's really not even that old. But at the same time, if that's your third string running back, then, you know, it's a it's pretty not, good guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Moving on here for the Pat side of things, Damian Harris led the way with 111 yards on 10 carries and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, 24 carries for 78 yards. Brandon Bolden chipped in for four carries and 28 yards. Damian Harris is the story of this one. I think there's a lot we can cover here on this one. So starting off with his injury, first and foremost, had a hamstring injury, and he was questionable to return in the second quarter. Ended up coming back on the field, which I was really surprised, and ended up what looked like to be limping off the field. Obviously, the yeah, Pats have a bye right. next week, so we're not going to get too much information on that immediately. What's the likelihood Demi misses a little bit of time here? I wouldn't be surprised if he missed a game or two. Those off-tissue injuries are just kind of tough. Yeah, they're tricky. And a lot of times you see guys come back too early. Like, look at Nuke, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, on Thursday night, he, he hurt his hamstring even more, ended up not playing for a month. Yep. So, especially with the playoffs coming up and you already in a pretty solid position, I'd say, and Ramondre Stevenson, who really looked good once Damian Harris went down, I personally don't feel like there's a need to rush him back by any means at all. Oh, absolutely. I agree. How much time do you think he misses? Do you think it might be a week? Do you think it might be two? Because they do have the buy, so I think they'll probably evaluate after that. I'm going to go with maybe the game or two. Two being the most. It's Those are just tricky. You know what I mean? Like, you rush back, and then that sets you back even more. Right. If he goes about it the right way, you know, that could feel great in, like, two weeks. Right. But until you get in the field, you really just don't know. It's interesting because they got the bye, which they're kind of getting screwed because they got a mm-hmm. short bye week because they play on Monday. Then they got to come off that week and they play on Saturday. So they're really getting a short week here. So maybe just because of that, they'll give Damian that week off and see if he mm-hmm. comes back yeah. Sunday at Buffalo. 
Moving on to the big story here, which I'm really interested to talk about here. So Damian Harris in that first quarter, every single person I know, my phone was absolutely blowing up. <laughs> oh with, my God. No one had any idea what was going on with this game plan. And all of a sudden, as I was getting all those texts coming in, Damian Harris went off for a 64-yard gallop. Longest run since Curtin Mart- Curtis, I can't even talk. Curtis Martin ran for 70 yards. If Damian Harris does not run 64 yards into the end zone, what does that do to the game plan? Because that kind of set the tone. It yeah, put I him up 8-0. I feel nothing. like that set the tone. What? 8 nothing? They the, After that, they went up 8 nothing, Yeah. And the Bills yep. struggled to score. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that What do you think happens? I have no idea, honestly. To be honest, the run game wasn't, you know, it wasn't like super fruitful up until then. And that, like you said, that definitely like controlled the game plan the rest of the way, so... Who knows what happens? Even if you look at the final tally here, they went for, what was it on the ground? 220 yards, about 220 yards, a little bit over. 64 of that came on one play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a lot. So I'm not really exactly sure what would happen, but I think the playbook probably would have had to, by default, open up a little bit more if he doesn't gallop into the end zone like that. Yeah, prob- probably. Yeah, Unless that was like Bill's true game plan the whole game regardless because it it seemed like you know i'm he was not, going to stick to it i'm not sure he might have just been playing the did. wind to be mm. honest and then realized well there's no need to throw the ball because they can't score either because there's, there's no way i don't care what the weather conditions are there's no way you can go into a game saying if we <laughs> i want to throw the ball less than five times imagine he did though i I just can't believe in some he, sick twisted way. I just can't believe that. Like that, I don't know. I don't know. He wore the navy mask. I was just about to say that. What like, was the story behind ago. that again? I also back then, like old school football. Yeah. Uh, it was more of like a kind of ground and pound type game. Right. Like, there wasn't, you know, how like passing has become, you know, more part of the NFL, like the modern NFL game now. Right. It's just one of those things. But he had some connection. Wasn't his dad the coach of Navy or something? He had some connection. Why? It was a Navy mask. I'm not sure, to be honest. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> His father was an assistant coach at Navy, and Belichick spent a lot of time around this program at a young age. So that's our answer. His okay. dad was cool. an assistant coach at Navy, so that answers what we were looking at. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, especially coming from Bill, because people say that's a hint, and I mean, I guess I can see why they say that, but him of all people... He's the last one to be dropping dimes. You know what I mean? Like, he's not one to give out any hints at all. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Was that a hint? Maybe. Was it not? I don't know. Moving on to the receiving game here. We'll start off with the pass side of things because that'll be short and sweet. Brandon Bolden, one target, one catch for seven yards. John Smith, one target, one catch for 12 yards. Actually, a really solid catch by him. Yeah, right? Like, if that was (laughs) for a while, that was looking like the one ball Mac was going to throw and complete. And honestly, (laughs) <laughs> not it's a little off yeah a little off but also could have definitely made sports center you know what i mean bad mm-hmm. throws mean great catches nelson aguilar also chipped in with one target anything you want to take away from this passing game or can we move on here i think we can move on all right glad moving on to the bill side of things gabriel davis four targets two catches 30 yards and had that touchdown off the Nikhil harry fumble stefan Diggs struggled in this one as did really both teams in general seven targets four catches 51 yards Zach Moss had three targets, two catches, and 12 yards. Emmanuel Sanders had six targets on three catches for 22 yards. Dawson Knox, two catches at a big drop at the end of the game on six targets for 14 yards. Cole Beasley, three targets to catch, 11 yards. And Matt Preda had a catch and a target, 
for a total of five yards. Bills really gave everything they had in this passing game. And I feel like, like I was saying earlier, it just came down to a point where they're just like, you know, screw it. Like AFC East, first place on the line, big time, or not the first seed in the conference for them because they would have been behind the Titans, but, you mm-hmm. know, in position to have a home playoff game and possibly get up and get that by. But like I was saying, the things that blows my mind is they really had their chances. Dawson Knox, he had that TD broken up by Adrian Phillips. Yep. And then there was that that play at the end of the game with Miles Bryant, who had that great pass deflection, which really a ballsy move by him. Because when he comes off that receiver, if he's wrong, that's a touchdown. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it, very big gamble by him, but it really did pay off at the end of the day. So it's practice rough, man. Yeah. But the fact, I said this earlier, but the fact that Josh Allen really put them in position to win not once, but twice, going into 25-plus mile-an-hour wins, I'm really impressed with that. What are you making of this Bills passing game here? I think the Bills passing game is solid. And the, like, the last game wasn't a true attestment to what they actually are. I right. think it's more an attestment to how good the Pats defense played them. Right. I'd have to agree. It's just, it's really hard to take anything away from this at all. I'm looking at this box score, and I'm just thinking, what would these numbers look like if there was no win? Right. Like, at all. But, I don't know. I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks. Moving on to the defensive side of things here. Devin McCourty had two tackles. Adrian Phillips had five tackles. J.C. Jackson had two tackles, and he almost picked one off on the sideline, but did not. Probably because of that cold weather did not help him with that at all. Matt Judon had three tackles and a sack. Devon Godchuck led the way with ten tackles. Dante Every Hightower. Week he's coming along. Dude, he is, you know, they signed him. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I wasn't against it, but I was like, ah, I guess we'll take a poker chip if we mm-hmm. need one. But he's really been coming along. Very impressed with him these past month or so. Dante Hightower had seven tackles, and Miles Bryant had five tackles. And like we were just talking about, a big pass deflection. Judon left this game with an injury. It looked like it was more of a head injury, but he returned on that same drive. Mm-hmm. Adrian Phillips. Literally no idea what happened to him. I have absolutely no idea. Like you look, if you go back and watch that play, he's got that great pass breakup on Dawson Knox that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Go to commercial, come back. The guy's on the ground with a stretcher next to him. I'm like, what happened? Like he was literally jumping up and down. Like was was it a situation we saw a couple years ago with the Angels where that guy hit the walk off home run and all I of a sudden so. he's getting stretched off the field and he tore his ACL? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where he got like too excited and whatever. But uh, he escaped a big injury. Allegedly. Have you seen anything on that? I looked before right before I've we looked got on here. A lot and I can't find probably anything really on it. I'm assuming I'm assuming if we haven't heard anything yet, it's probably not that big of a deal. Well he, he tweeted something like along the lines of thank God. So I think the general consensus is that we're assuming it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Right. Especially because you figure if he tore his ACL, like mm-hmm. there'd be some report on that. Yeah. I know there's no like really injury report that's because they got the buy, mm-hmm. but at the same time if a guy's out for the season in ACL, it's a pretty like, you know, slam dunk thing. You find that out pretty quickly. Like, all right, we're going to take you here, get an MRI first thing tomorrow morning. And then we're going to, you know, either say goodbye or we're going to say, so I think it's safe to say that he's not like too hurt. Yep. I'd probably say that's, uh, not sure if he's going to miss some time here. Cause I really have no idea what the injury is at all. Maybe it's a, I know it was a knee injury. It's gotta be some like a sprain. Cause they went and tasted for an, uh, an ACL. And obviously came back negative. Supposedly. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll have to see. But Miles Bryant, play the game here. What if he doesn't make that play? Do you have confidence that Matt goes down the field and wins the game? See, you already said 
confidence in Mac, and it wasn't like Mac's turn in that game. Like clearly, you know what I mean. So, how how many timeouts did they have at the time? Uh maybe two. Two. At least uh, one, maybe two. Two. How much time left? Uh round two minutes. I two think minutes. maybe just under so two minutes, say- or just maybe it was. I think it was. One or the other. I think it was mm-hmm. just. I think that was actually the play out of the two minute warning. If with I'm remembering the, right. correctly. So, with, so with the weather, around two minutes and two timeouts in the game. The way the way the way the game was going. I'm not sure. I'm entirely confident. Dude, to be he, honest, you got the wind. He, nah, probably not. <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, it's hard for me to imagine that because the guy had thrown the ball a total of three times, three times up to that, that point. point. So he's not even in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's all of a sudden it's like. Mac, I know we've had this game plan all night long, but by the way, now we need you to go be great in the toughest in front of the toughest crowd you're ever going to see. Who's very fired up right now because they just took the lead. I can't. Damn, now I feel like we got robbed of watching Mac throw the ball. Like, it's just we're going to see it in a couple yeah, weeks. We are going to see it in a couple weeks, but it's just it's just another game that you really don't see how Mac performs under like true pressure in a game-winning situation that's what i'm telling you he has not won a game yet Mm -hmm. i'm not saying he couldn't win a game but he's had chances Mm -hmm. obviously like we talked about last week miami not his fault a la damian harris dallas had a chance didn't get Mm -hmm. it done he really hasn't had to do anything Mm -hmm. yet albeit he being a rookie it it is nice to have someone a player who's not selfish in that moment i guess right who's willing to just follow the game plan yeah so but man i can't wait for him to throw the ball I just, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that one. Moving on to the Bills side of things. Matt Milano, we did not get lucky. He did play. <laughs> he had some big tackles there. Mm-hmm. Six tackles. Jordan Poyer, eight tackles. Dane Jackson actually really didn't play that bad. We were talking about last week how we thought the Pats were going to go right at him. Obviously, they didn't go, really go at anyone. anyone. Really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Five tackles, like I just said. One pass deflection. Micah Hyde had four tackles. Harrison Phillips had seven tackles. And Tyrod Dotson had five tackles. Overall, I feel like the Bills' defense did play pretty well. I mean, they only gave up 14 points. I mean, I know the weather was a factor. But in any game you play, if you say going into that game, all right, they're only going to give up 14. The other team's only going to score 14 points. You're probably feeling pretty good, right? Especially with an offense like them. Yeah, right? You think, all right, 14 points at least will be in position, worst case yeah. scenario, to come out way up with the W, which they were. Yeah, it was a solid defensive uh, performance. So. Right. And honestly, I really do feel like if Damian Harris does not run for that 64-yard touchdown, this game looks different in a lot, a lot of ways. Like, I really think Mac has to throw the ball at some point. Mm-hmm. I really don't know if they can lean on the run game as much. Because how many plays did they run? 49? They ran 49 the ball 46 plays. plays. Like, that's just not something you see in the modern-day NFL ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. So, I don't know. Thoughts on the Bills' defense here? Better luck next time. That's it. Um, I mean, they did okay. They did pretty solid. They did their thing. But yeah, anytime you face a player like Ramon J. Stevenson, who is a bowling ball, that's like really tough to, as a defense, to constantly come back and, you know, keep hitting this guy, trying to knock him down. That entire drive was Ramon J. Stevenson. And I, I know Matt Milano shot the gaps a little bit here and there towards the end and made mm-hmm. some great tackles. But at the end of the day, they didn't do anything. But they hadn't done the entire game, and it you just know, looked spectacular. They just yeah, they just looked really drained and mm-hmm. out of it, and it just looked like they didn't have, they they didn't look like the normal Bills defense, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I wonder if part of that too is the Patriots' offensive line knowing the game plan, 
and being ready with all their substitutions and, you know, like an endurance factor kind of thing versus the Buffalo defensive line not being ready for something like that as well. That's very possible. It's also it's also just really hard to breathe in that weather. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I can only imagine those guys, like, how tired they were. Hard to breathe. It's the most physical position in the game. Yeah. All right. Anyway, kind of looking a little bit ahead here. So what should we expect when these two teams play again in a couple weeks? Much different game. Much different game plan. And I think it's going to be kind of close again, too, to be honest. But obviously more passing from the Patriots' side of the ball. And I think... I think we're going to get a better version of Josh Allen than Stefan Diggs. I agree honest. completely. That was the next thing I was going to ask you. Is Stefan Diggs going to be back, or is he just not going to be a problem at all? Because he's a game changer. Yeah. I mean, credit to J.C. Jackson, uh, you know, holding him down a little bit. But, you know, that's a dynamic type of player. You love seeing those top-tier matchups. He did have seven targets still, so yep. they were trying to get him the ball, one of which should have been a touchdown. Obviously, if there's not that win, that ball's probably caught in the end zone for a touchdown mm-hmm. down that left side length. That was a really good ball by Josh Allen. I'm surprised he even threw that ball. The, the arm strength that that takes just to get that ball there, never mind make it catchable, just to mm-hmm. get it there, is absolutely insane. Well, he still thinks he can throw the ball farther than Patrick Mahomes, so I think he's pretty confident in his arm strength. I'd have to agree with that <laughs> as well. Definitely very confident. I wonder confident. who would actually throw farther. I don't know. I'm, like, actually curious. We'll have to, maybe we'll see that on the match now that Tiger can't play golf anymore. Yeah, maybe. RIP. <laughs> JK. Anyway, Week 16, like we were talking about, is this going to be more of a ground-and-pound game, or how do you think the game plan is going to go? I know you said it's going to look different. Do you think How many times do you think Mac throws the ball? Do you think he throws a lot? Do you think they lean on the run again like I was saying earlier? What I think do you they're think? going to lean on the run. More of, like, a committee type thing. I mean, if it's, it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it type kind of thing. Yeah. But I think the general consensus is Max going to throw more than three times. You think, they, more than 10. you think they still do that if Damian Harris doesn't play? That's a good point, actually. Because the thing is, like, you could lean on the run mm-hmm. in this game because essentially you got two RB1s. Yeah. So even, I mean, when Damian Harris went down for good, there wasn't a ton of time left in the game, so it didn't mm-hmm. matter. But to run the ball 50 times... With one running back, really, and maybe sprinkling a little bit of Brandon Bolden here. And I know J.J. Taylor will probably be back. But, I mean, he's not, you know, Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they can run the ball that many times if Damian doesn't play. Yeah, I don't think – there's been a couple games where they've implemented uh, Brandon Bolden as, a, like, a pass-catching type of back. Even Ramondre Stevenson has been part of, the, like, the passing game here and there. Hmm. And they'll have, like, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry – you know, run these shallow crosses, I think that could be a type of game plan that they'd run. I guess we're just going to have to wait yeah. and see. All right. Last question here. All right. Bills are going to be hungry. Bills actually got the Bucks next week or this week. Tough game. I, that's Jeez, a tough that's way a really to follow up. Actually, you go yeah. on Monday night, you get a short week, you take a tough loss, and now you got to play the Bucks at Tampa. Like, good luck with that, buddy. But anyway, Bills are going to be hungry here. If they beat... I don't remember off the top of my head, but they got the Bucks this week, and then they got someone else that's down. Maybe it's Jacksonville. I'm not 100% I, sure off I the top of my head. Oh, I got the schedule right here. Nice. So they got Carolina, all right? Carolina? So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, not the toughest game. Not an easy game, yep. but not a tough game. Then you come back to Foxborough. If they win both of those, you're pretty much in a similar situation. The Bills are going to have to win that game. 
Like, if they want to win the AFC, they're going to have to win that game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Especially if the Pats lose to the Colts, then that makes it even a lot more interesting. Because then you could very well go in with identical records. Mm-hmm. Is this the game? Is this the game that Mac has to go and win? Uh, probably. I would be. I think I'd. I think I'd bet my marbles. I guess you could say on it. Throw the chips on the table yeah. like that. Because you look at it, they got the Colts this upcoming week, and then you got the Bills, then you got Jacksonville, then you got Miami. Mm-hmm. So you think if he's gonna have to win a game, obviously it could always happen in the playoffs, but this could very well be the game where it's like two minutes to go, Mac. Go make it happen. I wonder if the Patriots defense comes out even more confident and dominant this time too. I'm I'm really excited about this defense. I the, what worries me, and I'm not saying this is gonna happen. I hope it doesn't turn into almost like an arrogance. Yeah. Because all right, yeah, you held them to ten points at home in prime time, but at the same time there were adverse weather conditions. Yes, you could and, say there were external factors that yeah. were playing against everyone involved. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm sure Bill's not going to be like that because he's that guy that you could win by 40 points and be like, you had a false start on the first drive. You guys suck. <laughs> so, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah. I mean, this year we definitely performed better on the road as opposed to home games i do are we even 500 at home probably not three and four right i think so yeah hmm yeah i don't know but this team's been on fire like they're they've been really rolling you beat one team you beat the bills that's all you've beaten that's it's not just a scrub team you know what i mean yeah but i'm saying that's the only team you've really beaten if you look Mm -hmm. at the schedule they haven't really played anyone chargers okay i'll give them that one i'm gonna say chargers is a huge game yeah that one i'll give you but still, you haven't really played too many real teams. Mm-hmm. I think the Colts will be a good test to this upcoming week or next week. Yeah, I in the completely dome. agree. Especially Don- Jonathan Taylor is playing like the best running back in the league right now. Yeah. It's like, how do you stop him? Yeah, that's absolutely incredible that he's, like what he's, he's doing. He's really, really good. I wonder how long he's going to last because he's small. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll be like a Doug Martin type of guy. You hear about him for a couple of years and he just disappears. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, running backs typically don't have like a huge shelf life anyway. Yeah. But he's he has a great line. Colts line has been great for a while. I think he has the ability to, I guess, have a uh, much longer career than most running backs. Right. The and he aver- does everything. The average life for a running back in the NFL is 3.3 years. I was going to say three. Yeah, that's but, not too hot. Yeah, so basically, you come in, you sign your rookie contract, and then your career is over. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, crazy. that's crazy to think about. Yeah. It's a very physical position, though. Yeah, you're getting hit at least 15, 20 times a game. Mm-hmm. Like you're, Those are essentially a dime a dozen. I was thinking about this today. You're better off not doing what the Jaguars did. You're better off just like paying... <laughs> Some no-name running back because if your team's set, a great running back will make your team better. Mm-hmm. But if your team sucks, a great running back's not going to do anything for you or for him. You're essentially just going to waste yeah. his career. Like imagine if Zeke was on, like the Jaguars. Look at Kamara now. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a perfect example. He's a little bit different because he's truly 
He does everything. Yeah, he can do he's everything. So but you can line him up outside. You can put him in the mm-hmm. slot. He can do a lot of different things. So he's a little more versatile. But even a guy like, I think Saquon's a great example. Yep. Okay. Like people hate on him all the time. I think he's a great running back. He's just in a really bad situation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Really crappy situation. No line. He doesn't even know who his quarterback is going to be. Mike Glenn season, baby. It's disgusting. I think Daniel Jones is actually going to play this week. I guess we'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else you want to take away from this game? Not much. Just happy we got the dub. All right. We will see you guys back next week for our preview show of the Colts game. Like and subscribe as always, guys. And take care. Bye, everybody. Take care.